Aloha. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. February is Heart Month, Valentine's Day and all, and with that, we're kicking off our month-long series on cardiovascular disease. What is it, how to know if you have it, and the ways you can help fix your broken heart using all natural elements like diet and exercise, and taking advantage of some of the technological advances with newer medications, procedures, and more. First up, can you reverse heart disease with your diet? Well, Dr. Jean Ornish thinks so, and not only has it been a proven success for thousands of people, it's also right here in the islands now. Dr. Kevin Lung from Aikahi is in Health Systems is in the studio. We're going to talk about the cornerstones of the program today. What you eat, how much you move, managing your stress, and the support component, it's all a factor in the overall success plan. As always, you can be a part of our conversation at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Dr. Lum, welcome to The Body Show. Thank you for having me. Now, you've also, in your in your past career, should we say you embarked in a new one, you still do work in the emergency room at Kuakini Medical Center. So you see people come in with heart disease. Unfortunately, it's an everyday sort of occurrence where people come in with symptoms of or potentially having complications of their heart disease. So like chest pain, shortness of breath. Do a lot of the folks who come to the emergency room actually have serious heart problems? Uh, most times not, but most times they're concerned about it. That's why they're coming in. They might have a little twinge in their chest enough to alarm them, so they'll come and they get checked out. And so what are some of the key features if someone were to present to the emergency room? What are some of their potential risk factors that would sort of heighten your suspicion that that chest pain could be their heart? So some of the risk factors we look at are age. So males over 45, women over 55 would be a potential risk factor. Whew. I'm under 55. Uh, <laughs> um, people who have a history of hypertension, people who have a history of diabetes, uh, high cholesterol, um, any family history of heart disease, so a mother, father, or a first-degree relative with a serious heart complication, uh, people who smoked in the past, uh, people with um, uh, weight issues or obesity is another risk factor too. So some of the big things we look at when we're taking the history that could us in that they could be uh, significant heart problems going on. Sure. So some of these risk factors that people might have, the diabetes, the smoking, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, family history, inactivity, weight issues, you name it, this could be a setup for someone coming in and actually having a serious heart problem presenting to the emergency room and presumably needing to be treated. So so why should we care about heart disease? Is this a big deal in the United States? Do people die from this? Uh, still one of the, if not the one or two top leading killers in America thus far. So even in Hawaii, it. we see a fair amount of people. And I think all of us will know somebody in our lives, within our family, who's been touched, unfortunately, by heart disease, whether it be an uncle or a father or someone who's had a heart attack or who has maybe congestive heart failure. Um, so they've had somebody in our lives that has had... Uh, some kind of unfortunate circumstance like the heart disease. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at the statistical data, the number one cause of death in in the United States, but also in Hawaii, it's sort of every year it varies. It's either it's either atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, which kind of incorporates heart attacks and strokes together, or it's cancer of any type. So there's sort of this jockeying for the number one position, as if you get an award, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, that's part of the reason why there's such an emphasis on trying to 
trying to deal with the people in the upcoming, if not current, epidemic of heart disease here in the United States and particularly here in the islands. Are there any ethnic variations? Do certain people tend to have more of a risk factor? I know Kuakini's done the Honolulu Heart Study for mm. the last, God, I don't know how many years, like 50 years or something. And uh, so do we see an ethnic variation or pretty much if you've got the risk factors, doesn't matter where you're from, you've got some issues. I don't know. I couldn't speak to the what the Honolulu Heart Study had said, but as we're looking back at my own experience, it, it seems to span the gamut. So I don't see any kind of uh, significant difference with race that, uh, as far as what I've seen so far in the emergency room. Right. And when they come to the ER, they're, you know, seriously in dire straits. And so it would be hard to uh, it would be hard to really make a general statement like that. But, you know, I think honestly, heart disease touches all of us. And there really isn't there's there's some greater risks in certain ethnic groups. But I'll be honest, everybody knows somebody who's had a heart problem or has suddenly lost a relative or loved one from heart disease. So that's a fairly compelling reason to get involved in this. What got you excited about the Dean Ornish program? This is a very specific dietary way to reduce heart disease. And what about it What about it compelled you to say, I want to do it? The part that drew me to the program or what he's actually doing is, as you're talking about the ER and my experience with the ER, is that a lot of times over the past 15 years working there, I'm only able to put a Band-Aid on what's happening. So we see the after effects of everything. And in the end, are we truly making a, uh, a change in the person's life? Well, we were, we're helping them in, in that regards. But now with the Orange Program, you're actually trying to giving them an opportunity to reverse what they're doing, also getting to the root cause of what they're doing too. So actually being proactive in people's health rather than just, like I said, seeing the end product of uh, neglect or whatever it may be as to, to get to that point. So the exciting part is that now people are – People want to be there versus having to be there. So that's the part that's encouraging. I get to work with now a different population of instead of having to be at my doorstep, they want to be there. So people are encouraged. They're they're happy. They look forward to being there. And like I said, you're actually getting to the root cause of the problem, working with their diet, alleviating their stress, uh, helping them with their support structure in their, in their home and around them, um, and helping to exercise. So it's actually a fun place to be. Well, and that's a really interesting way to look at it, a very proactive approach mm. as opposed to a lot of medicine where we're retroactive. It's like, okay, you've had a heart attack or a stroke. Let's prevent the next one as opposed to let's try and keep you from having one to begin with. So, you know, that's certainly a, a much more worthwhile approach if possible. So let's talk about this particular program. You know, this required for you to go to a whole training program. I think you mentioned San Francisco before the show, and you go for like a week with intensive training to learn what this program is like. What are some of the most surprising things that you learned about this Ornish dietary program system? So we actually get to go up and do it. It's called an experiential type of treatment. And so we go there for a week and we eat, live, and breathe the Ornish program. So they program. put you through it. Yeah, it's like so. medical students having to do IVs on exactly. one another. Exactly. So you right. become the participant. So you eat the diet, uh, you do the stress management, you do the group support, and you do the exercise in that time period. And I think the most surprising part, everyone I think is worried about the diet part of it because it's a plant-based diet and it's not a diet that we are, we're accustomed to for most for most people. But I think the surprising part was the group support part. And just the fact it was just our group who went up there, our team who delivers it, we were together for I think it was four days. And it's amazing how much, because you can create a safe environment within this group support, how much people open up within our group. And you get to really know who you're working with. And I think it really brought the group together closer so that our bonds and our ties are a lot better so we can, I think, better help our participants as they go through the program. 
And also during this time period, because you understand what they're going through, you can better help them overcome their barriers as they go through the program, whether it be a dietary barrier, whether it be a barrier with the stress management. Because we went through the program, we understand it. And we actually, most of us live the program afterwards. We can help them overcome their barriers and help them along their way and support them as best we can. So that's, you know, it's truly, it's like, you know, see one, do one, teach one. Yeah. It's you're going to see how this program works. You're going to do the program, and now you can go off and you can go teach some other folks about exactly. it. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about the scariest part of it for most folks, you said, is uh, is the diet. Now, to be eligible to participate in this program, there's, you know, there's not – anybody can do it, but as far as enrolling in a program like what's going on in Ikahi – there are certain eligibility requirements, and those eligibility requirements kind of mirror the people who might be interested in the program. So let's go through what those requirements are, and then we'll talk about the deadly diet, the thing everybody's afraid <laughs> of. So who should be interested in doing something like the Dean Ornish program? So there's kind of two subsets the way we broke it down for eligibility. There's going to be the Medicare population uh, who is going to be eligible. And they have a certain set of criteria also. So for Medicare, you're going to have to have the heart, the heart disease. So have had a heart attack in the past 12 months, have had bypass surgery, have had a stent. So those will qualify for all forms of Medicare. Uh, and on the other hand, we have the um, we would call the risk factors. So HMSA here in Hawaii has been very generous in allowing to uh, have their um, their their people go through the program with just uh, what we call risk factors. So um, their HMO and their PPO uh, lines will be will qu- would qualify for the program. So if you've had some of the, cri- the eligibility criteria, be say again male over forty five, female over fifty five. Uh, if you have a BMI greater than thirty. Um, you have hypertension if you're on or off meds and your blood pressure is, and this really generous 130 over 80 would qualify you for the program for blood pressure. Uh, if you have high cholesterol, so total cholesterol greater than 200 with or without meds, uh, LDL of 100 or greater with or without meds. I mean, that's like, you know, I'm thinking of these numbers. If somebody came into my office and their blood pressure was 130 over 80, their LDL was 100, I mean, I'd be like, good job, keep going, you're doing great. <laughs> but these are actually criteria yes. that would qualify them to participate in this pr- entire program. Yes, they would be. So, so I mean, that's how generous HMSA has been. They're pretty lenient, I mean, yeah. when you think about it. And so if you've had, even if you had a, a history of smoking, so, you know, some of the people I smoked when I was a kid, you would actually, you know, not, excuse me, as a kid, as a, as a young adult, they might have smoked for a short period. They would actually qualify for the program also. Any history of smoking would qualify. So that sort of brings us to the element that insurance could actually cover for this. Mm-hmm. So that's a really important thing because the total cost, if you were to say, I want to do this, my insurance won't cover it, I want to pay for it, how much are you looking at? So if you, uh, we've had a few people who pay cash, it's $8,700 to go okay. through the program. $8,700? Yes. Okay. $8, so if you have got a problem with your heart, a history of a stent, a history of a heart attack, and you've got Medicare, or if you've got even the slightest whiff of a risk factor and you've got HMSA, you could actually get this benefit, $8,700 worth. Yes. They're going to pay you to exercise. And we give you a meal each time you come in. And we're going <laughs> to feed you. Like, like I want to sign up now. This sounds great. Someone's going to pay me to exercise and feed me. It just sounds fabulous. But clearly there's a serious reason why people are doing it. So let's talk about this diet. Let's talk about, you know, this seems to be the scariest part for most people about the dietary element of it. What is the basis of the of the Ornish diet? And what is it that's on there that people don't like? And what can they no longer eat? that maybe they never should have? So it's a plant-based diet uh, that's low in fat. 
So we ask people to strictly, it's a plant-based diet, so no meat, so no fish, chicken. So beef. like a vegetarian would love this. Yeah, vegetarians would do well in this, as, as well as vegans also. Uh, but we do, what separates it from being a vegan diet is we do allow for some egg whites, and we do allow for some uh, non-fat dairy also. So don't say egg yolk, just say egg white. Egg white, exactly. You were very particular with that. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. So give me an example of what am I eating for breakfast. Uh, so you could have oatmeal. Uh, with fruit inside of it. Um, you can have an egg, egg white scramble with vegetables to make an egg white scramble. Uh, you could do, I do uh, non-fat yogurt with, a, with granola that's non-fat granola and with a lot of fresh fruit and a little bit of honey on it. That's my breakfast. Uh, we do. I really shouldn't have been asked you this around dinner time. Like everything you mentioned <laughs> so far, I'm like, oatmeal and fruit, check, I would eat it. Let's see, egg whites and vegetables, check. Yogurt oh. and granola, check. All right, let's uh, just torture me more. What would be my lunch? So lunch, we actually can do, um, and we, we teach people how to read labels. So we had the, there's a variety of garden burgers or um, not meat burgers you could use. So made by a variety of different people. So you could have uh, that with a lot of fresh vegetables within it. Uh, we do can do roasted potatoes if you want. We have a vegetarian chili that you could eat. We have a variety of soups, like a split pea soup that's very good. Um, we have also we can do things using some of those uh, like any salad of any kind. Any uh, yeah, salad. So you, it's it's the hard part. We want to try and dispel the notion that there are not going to be rabbits on this particular diet. That there's a whole variety of foods that you can eat that are uh, not just salads that people are eating. All right, now let's kill me dinner. Dinner. So we have a great uh, mushroom stroganoff that we eat. We do a, a great tofu stir fry, uh, teriyaki tofu stir fry. We have a great uh, lasagna that uh, uses. Uh, there's no cheese inside of it, so it's like kind of like soy products and different type of things to use. Um, we have a uh, uh, moussaka. I think I've said that right. That they do a great moussaka with eggplant. Um, so there's a variety of foods that you can eat. They have, even have a sloppy joe that you could eat also, which is really good. <laughs> so, like, I'm upset about lasagna with no cheese. Yeah. Is it because I need to get low-fat cheese? You can use, a, I mean, with the amount of cheese that you would use for a regular lasagna, but you can use a little bit of low-fat cheese in it, but really we kind of stress that we want to keep the fat down. That's why. Okay, so the goal in the diet is plant-based, vegetable, not as much animal protein, if not zero. Zero animal protein. So zero, there's no meat involved, so no chicken, fish, or uh, beef, or pork. So zero animal protein, Mm. lots of plants, and then also minimizing the amount of fat. Yes, so less than 10% of your calories should be coming from fats. So what about olive oil? That's a fat. So olive oil would be considered out. For, for at least for our diet here that we're we're kind of teaching everybody. But everybody says olive oil is good for me. I know. So there's a lot of you know there's a lot of okay. teaching from various the, the Mediterranean diet. But for what okay. we're teaching here at the Ornish diet, uh, what he, what Dean Ornish says is that we don't use the the fat to help us cook. We'll use water to help us stir fry with a nonstick pan, but we won't use uh, olive oil, any kind of oils for that. Okay. And so, I mean, I guess if you're looking, if you meet these criteria, if you have these risk factors, really, you probably have enough fat in your body, hopefully not in your arteries, but presumably it might be. So why keep adding? Yeah. So we're actually, we're teaching them the reversal diet. So um, we want them with, if they can follow the diet, do everything we ask them to do at this point, there's a, there's a chance they can actually reverse some of their their atherosclerotic disease that they have in their arteries too. So. Because that's something that I think a lot of people don't realize. You know, the arteries are sort of very dynamic. And the fact that if you have blockages, but if you're able to go ahead and do dietary changes, exercise changes, you can actually see those blockages get smaller. Yes. On endovascular ultrasound. I mean, truly, you can do invasive studies. You can do angiograms. You can see blockages. And you can see them actually get smaller, meaning that more blood flow can go through the artery. Thus, you do not have the problem with not just your heart, but... 
pretty much any organ that requires blood, which would be all of them. And so you can really see some some significant improvement. So, So the diet sounds scary. The biggest part of it that I think most people would be surprised about is the zero animal fat. I think that would probably be difficult. But when you see folks who have gone through it, they're able to manage. They don't miss it. Yes, I think like anything, it takes about like two to three weeks and people do get better. And a lot of it entails planning ahead. The more you plan ahead, you get your food prepared, uh, you're thinking ahead what, you're, what your meals are going to be so you don't get caught uh, cheating or you know, t- picking hungry. up something quick. Yeah, Hungry and you'll angry. You'll be okay. Hangry. But a lot of it's planning. So for myself and a lot of people who, who as we deliver the program, we're also, we follow the diet as best we can. And a lot of it's planning ahead to make sure we have, like for me, my beans all set up or my salad all set up or whatever it might be. I have those things prepared for myself so that I don't have to cheat and go off someplace to get something that's not going to be Ornish friendly. <laughs> yeah, we didn't mention dessert. Oh, so they make a – my favorite dessert is they make a great chocolate pudding using uh, silken tofu. And if you close your eyes, you can't tell the difference. The texture, the flavor, it's the same. <laughs> with know, fruits, it's really good. I should have made you come with, like, samples. Should have. I didn't think about that. I'll have to, I'll have to get better at that next time. So, you know, so chocolate pudding is something. Mm-hmm. Uh, any fruit, I would imagine. So fruits, fruits – yeah, all the fruits are okay. Uh, we don't limit your fruits. We ask them, like, two to four servings a day for fruit. Uh, vegetables are like six to eight servings a day, but fruits, any kind of fruits can be okay. What about dark chocolate? Everybody always says that's good for you. So for the Ornish program, we do, you're allowed, I, I, I can't, I, excuse me, I forget the amount, but you're allowed a small okay, portion of dark enough. chocolate. Yeah, not, en- not enough. Not enough. <laughs> not enough, but you're okay. allowed a small portion of dark chocolate. But dark yeah. chocolate, not milk chocolate. Yeah, dark chocolate. Try and avoid the super sugars. Yeah, and then the milk, the milk chocolate has a lot of cocoa, the, the cocoa butter in it too, so it's going to be a lot of fat. And so after you've done this for a while, I would imagine, and you've, you've followed this diet mm-hmm. for, for quite some time now, do you miss it or do you find that you don't even crave it anymore? A lot of times you don't. You don't crave it. But the times that you get caught off is sometimes when you're with a bunch of friends and the only place to do, everyone's going there. But you can kind of skate around it. But I don't miss a burger. I don't miss those kinds yeah, of things. Yeah, I was going to ask if you cheated. Did you Have you eaten a burger since you started it? I haven't eaten a burger, but I, I have fallen off the wagon once or twice. But the thing is, I can come back on the wagon. Is the main so what would you fall off with? I got to huh? know. Oh, it was around the holidays. So my mom had uh, made a nice pot of oxtail soup that I had a small Okay, portion. so oxtail soup. Yeah. All right. I had a small little bit because I'm not going to offend my mom and say, no, I'm not going to eat it. So I had a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Sometimes it's just for the greater good. Yes. You just got to let that one go. All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio. And today we are talking about the Ornish Diet Program. Dr. Kevin Lum is with me and he is from a Kahi Health System. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about what are the other key components to the Ornish Diet? Because yes, it has to do with with the diet, but there's a lot of other elements that are also included, which helps to make this more successful. Now, you can always join us if you've ever been through the program, if you've tried the Ornish program in the diet and found that there were some challenges that you just had difficulties with. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. You can join us at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands 877-941-3689. We'll be right back. Stay with us. On the next Humankind... We see the same thing as other trauma centers in the United States. We see children who've been shot. We see people who've been paralyzed and have lifelong disability. We consider the epidemic of gun violence from the point of view of emergency room physicians. What are practical ways to reduce the harm? I'm David Freudberg. Join us for Humankind. This evening at 6.30, right after Marketplace. 
During the ceremony, two pre-selected members of the audience come forward to say a few words about the couple. I always knew you guys would never make it. Not true love. This week on Selected Shorts from PRI, Public Radio International. Tuesday afternoon at 5, following Travel with Rick Steves. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Straub Clinic and Hospital and Gourmet Events Hawaii. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Kevin Lum. He's the medical director of a Kahi Health System, and he's also heading up the Ornish program. That's what he's focusing on at the moment. And we just were talking about the dietary changes that take place with the reversal of heart disease diet. And yes, that by reverse, it means that sometimes you have to go extra strict for a while, even if some of your favorite foods might be on the no-no list. But uh, we were talking last week about the 80-20 approach. 80% of the time, do your absolute best. And if you fall off 20% of the time, that's better than 100. So, you know, it can be done. Well, speaking of doing it, we have a caller on the line. We have Michael calling in from Kapulei. He said he's done the diet. Tell us about it, Michael. Well, uh, about three years ago, I had a very sudden ischemic event, which uh, resulted in uh, brief hospitalization and placements of stents in my heart and uh, uh, a look at my mortality uh, in the form of uh, cardiovascular disease. And I was given the opportunity to, to take a, a group of cardiac drugs that were recommended by the doctors. And uh, I wondered what alternatives there might be. And the Dean Ornish alternative uh, seemed like a simple one to me. And the diet was you know, it's strict, and we come and go a little bit. I would say maybe I've been 95%, something oh, like that. Oh, you're awesome. 95% years. of the time. That's awesome. Good. Uh, but I look at food as medicine now. I mean, I don't take some of the pharmaceuticals that were recommended, and I do look upon my food as medicine, and I focus not so much on what I don't eat, which, of course, there's a lot of that in the Ornish program, but on identifying and, and getting the superfoods Whatever, wherever I can find them that uh, are known to have a positive uh, benefit uh, in, in cardiovascular health, especially those that uh, stimulate the production of nitric oxide and uh, work as an anti-inflammatory, which you know, inflammation I know is, is the core issue with me. You know, I'll tell you, that inflammation is something that I think pretty much encapsules what goes on in the body for oh, so many different illnesses. And I don't think we've truly got a good handle on how to deal with inflammation in the body. And I agree that certain foods that act as natural anti-inflammatories are excellent. I'm curious, what's your favorite superfood, Michael? Uh, uh, blueberries, in particular mm. wild Alaskan blueberries. Um, and uh, noni, the Hawaiian noni plant, turns out to be an amazing superfood. Awesome. So so you found that when you looked at your mortality, you're just staring at, essentially staring at death in the face and saying, I'm not going there. I'm going to go ahead and change my diet. And for the last three years, you've been in like a 95 percenter and done a fabulous job following this program. Uh, well, like I say, I, I, when, I looked, when I sought out the Dean Ornish program, I just kind of Googled heart disease and it came up and it 
the hardest part for me it hasn't been the diet or exercise. It's in the other essential parts. Uh, yoga and meditation just hasn't quite fit into my lifestyle as well. But I've, uh, starting from the beginning, began thorough, you know, as close as I could maintain the, the heart disease reversal program because it really was the only option that I could see. And you haven't had for, any more stents and no other problems? Uh, well, that's not entirely true, actually. Uh, uh, on January 1st, I would have said I was in the best health and uh, physical condition of my life. And on January 2nd, I had another major ischemic event and uh, went in and had a couple more stints placed. Well, and you know what? It might have been worse had you not been really following the dietary program. So good that you really got on top of it. And do you feel like over the last couple of years, between your first event and your second event, that following the dietary program really helped you to to take better control of your health and not necessarily feel like you needed to be on a lot of medications, but you were treating yourself with your diet instead? Well, yes, and it's, such a, it's that proactive approach to health which you mentioned earlier that, you know, uh, I think the body responds to that. You know, it, it, in the absence of that, it, it feels like despair to me. Uh, well, but to be able to just, you know, embark on a program and adhere to it as best that I can that has been proven to cure the disease that I have, uh, and all it costs me is, you know, eating healthy food and, and exercising, uh, that's... Uh, it's just a no-brainer. Well, I want to thank you for sharing your story of success with us, Michael, and hope that you never have any more of those events like you did January 2nd. But I suspect it would have been a lot worse had you not done all of that hard work that you did for the last couple of years. So good job and all the best success in the future. Thank you very much, and I enjoy your program. Well, thank you. And if you've ever tried the diet, or if you're wondering, should you try the diet? Hey, we just heard from Michael. He's got some great information to share. But you can give us a holler at 941-3689. Toll free from our neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Now, Dr. Lum, you know, Michael had to research and Google this on his own, and yet now we have two locations here on Oahu that have already started establishing this program, Ikahi the program you have is downtown and restaurant row. Is that correct? Yeah, the old restaurant row at the new waterfront plaza now. Oh, is that what it is? Waterfront yeah. plaza? Waterfront plaza now. I've mixed up all my names <laughs> yeah. again. Have I been here long enough that I still call it like Daye or Holiday Mart? Like, really? Yeah. That's how long it's been, right? So, okay, so Waterfront Plaza. And so that's one place I know that uh, that Straub Clinic has another uh, another place where people can do that. So, you know, if somebody was just interested in looking at the diet, they could find it online. But there's some other key components that you're in charge of that that I wanted to spend some time on. Because, you know, when we look at the logistics, there's, there's a certain number. Tell me about the, like, how many weeks, how many hours, how often a week? And let's talk about what those sessions are like. Okay, so the program is nine weeks, and we ask the participants to come in for nine weeks, twice a week for four-hour sessions. Uh, so it's a total of 72 hours of instruction that they get. And within each session, it's broken into four-hour, uh, excuse me, four one-hour blocks. So you get equally weighted exercise, nutrition, stress management, and group support. So when you look at the whole program in general, it's not just one component that gets stressed. And a lot of people think it's the diet, but really you have to look at all four components working together to get the full benefits of what we're trying to uh, teach. And it's really how we're trying to change your lifestyle. So all four components have to be uh, working together to see the, the, the best change. 
Well, and that's one of the things that Michael had mentioned that, you know, the diet was one element, Mm -hmm. but really it was the stress reduction, the yoga, the meditation, the other sorts of things that are recommended to help people. What, What do you think the effect is of stress on the body and why is it such an important component of the Ornish reversal diet? I think stress has so many influences on the body, whether it's driving up your blood pressure. We see people even with stress can drive up their sugars because of cortisol. Um, so stress has a lot of a lot of to do with our body and how we manage our stress is going to be very important. So with the Ornish program, we asked when they're within the nine weeks to ask them to do one hour stress management a day. And so what our stress management, it's taught by yoga specialists and what it entails is a lot. It's not yoga where we're doing heavy duty poses, headstands and all kinds of craziness. It's really learning how to relax. So it's an hour of relaxation. We do uh, some guided imagery. There's a bit of meditation also, uh, some gentle stretching, uh, some deep breathing, deep breathing also. So, you know, for me, I, I joke around with people, that's the best hour of my day when I'm at work because I can actually go in there and participate and do the hour of stress management. Well, and I think that's one thing. If you were to say to folks, I want you to spend an hour a day on lowering your stress, people would be like, really? Um, have you seen how much traffic there is on H1? Do you know how many activities and things I've got to do before I go, go to bed at night? But because this is part of like a prescriptive program, you really have to follow it. And I find that if it's given to you as a mandate that to be in this program, to take advantage of this extremely expensive program that's going to help you, you have to take an hour it seems like people would be more likely to do it. People do, but I think the turning point for a lot of people is when they realize it's actually an hour for themselves. So when it, the light flips on in their head, so I think people at first they start off, oh, it's so hard because you know they're they're forced to do it in a way. But I think people discover that it's an, really an hour for themselves to help clear themselves, to relax, and to enjoy that that kind of their alone time for themselves. A lot of the light switches on, and people really embrace the stress management after that, and they can really follow it because they schedule the time for themselves, and they know it's an hour really dedicated for themselves only. Do you have to do something? Could you be like listening to music? Could you be at the beach? Is there like a requirement? So initially when the program, they want you to do sort of the Ornish program. And we actually provide them. There's online support for them. So they can actually pull up the computer. And there's actually a uh, an online support where they can guide you through the hour. Uh, one of our stress management specialists actually recorded an hour's worth of instruction. So the people are used to her voice and her cadence. And they can sit down with that particular um, CD that we made or bring it up online. And they can enjoy that hour with somebody guiding them through it. It's a lot easier if you have somebody guiding through than trying to do it by yourself. Could you guide yourself on the beach? You could. You could. Once you get, I think, once you understand the practice and you're comfortable with it, you could do it. You could do it anywhere you want to. But I think, it, like with any kind of practice, it takes some time. I found it hard for myself when I first started to do it on my own. But when I have somebody guide me through it, it's a lot easier, and I find myself relaxing a lot better. Well, and then you get all stressed getting to the beach before it's dark. Yeah. And then you get stressed because you got to make sure your phone has enough charge. And then you're stressed because it's cold. I mean, I guess it's better to just <laughs> stay at home, lower your stress, take the hour. That sounds, I mean, that, that sounds like a lot. But on the other hand, I understand the point, which is if you can lower your stress, then you won't have that. And actually, you can look at arterial reactivity to cortisol levels, to stress, to a variety of different things. And when, they re- when arteries react... 
they get inflamed. And when it gets inflamed, you get more blockages. I mean, this is all this this understanding of the process underlying heart disease that we're becoming much more familiar with, that we're recognizing is more than just giving people a bunch of cholesterol medications and giving them blood thinners and blood pressure medicines and saying, go live your life just the way you did. Change nothing but take these pills because yes. it's probably not going to lead to reversing much. We have a couple callers in the line. We have Patricia from Kona. Patricia, welcome to The Body Show. Hi, aloha. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for calling us. What can we do for you? Um, I have two questions. And going back to the food sources, um, I am doing pretty much the entire program that you're talking about, but I didn't know there was a name for it. I just kind of took it on on my own. I do have work in my family. Um, What I wanted to ask you about is what about nut cheeses? Um, because nuts obviously have a fairly high content of fat, also avocados, because, you know, certainly you can make cheese out of other things besides dairy. And then my second question is, um, what about eggs, including, um, even if it were egg whites, or what about fish eggs? Interesting. Okay, I'm going to put Dr. Lum on this one because I'm just hungry for nuts and cheese right now. Thank you. <laughs> and um, eggs, but maybe not some fish eggs. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to leave that to you, Dr. Lum. So let's hear about it. Nuts and cheeses. What what can we do? So cheeses, we do allow a little bit of non-fat cheese. As far as nuts, they just re kind of did the diet. So initially, nuts were not allowed because of the uh, they have a, a high fat content. Although they're plant fat, they're still not allowed because we're looking at as an overall less than 10 percent of your calories from fat. They've since redone that this past year, so they do allow some nuts, but what they have allowed is still very small. Um, I think it's like half a walnut, six peanuts, six almonds are what's kind of allowed in the diet because, again, we're looking at the overall fat content, not just the type of fat, but the overall fat content. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Half a walnut? I know. It's kind of amazing. So you can just get a flavor. Who's eating the other half? (laughs) I'd love to know. It's probably me. But, okay, so half a walnut, but they've looked at it. They've revised it. They're kind of helping that somewhat. Okay. And avocados also are going to be in that same. So avocados were initially not allowed, but I think it's like two teaspoons of avocado are allowed now because, again, looking at the overall fat. And what's nice about the program, it's not been a static program. As things change, as the research changes, uh, if they see the greater benefit with these types of plant fats and such, they, they'll revise the diet. But, again, they want to make sure they're going about it in a scientific manner to make sure that it is, you know, there, there's that scientific uh, backing to, uh, as far as when they make the change. As far as fish eggs, I have to go <laughs> look at that. That hasn't come up before, um, so I have to go research that a little bit more. But I can't remember if there's a, a bunch of fat in the if it's if it's the fish eggs do have a bunch of fat in it. It's probably not going to be a low. lot. Very low. So I have to go look at it to see uh, exactly how much fat would be in you know, a tablespoon of uh, you know masago eggs or whatever it might be you're eating. So I have to go look that up a little bit more. I couldn't answer it now. Okay, and then what about um, chicken eggs or quail eggs? Uh, are it are are you allowed to have any whites? So egg whites are allowed. Uh, unfortunately, the yolks oh. are not, but the egg whites are allowed as part of the diet. Well, that being said, then, can you use... I worked as a chef for 25 years, and so I'm very creative with food product, and I make my own... Well, for years, I made my own mayonnaise. Now, I'm cutting mayonnaise out in general because of the egg yolk um, and the oil, but you can make a vegan egg out of egg whites with... Um, well, you have to use vegetable oil, but you can substitute some of the um, tofu products. Mm-hmm. You can use uh, tofu paste, if you've ever heard of that. Yes. Yeah, so, um, we... so, I mean, because there, right there, you have something else to cook with. 
In other words, instead of just poaching, steaming, or grilling, which are all fabulous ways to cook, but sometimes if you want to sear a piece of fish, or, or we're not doing any animal protein. Okay, say you want to sear some eggplant um, without, you know, to boil eggplant, it changes the texture completely. So if you want to do, for, for instance, a portobello steak, uh, you know, as your main protein, again, if you didn't want to use water or stock, you can make your own mayonnaise with, if you're allowed the egg white. So that's kind of where I was going with it. Yeah, so we so, do, I'm sorry, we do have a, a, a Ornish-friendly uh, mayonnaise uh, that we make. Uh, unfortunately, right. I, don't, I don't remember the recipe off the top of my head, but we do uh, provide, so we, we do a sandwich with the participants, and we do have this Ornish-friendly mayonnaise that we do. It's actually pretty good, so I've enjoyed it a couple of times. Sure, and it's a really, people should, who are listening, just Google uh, making, mayonnaise is a really easy thing to make with a blender, and uh, you can make yourself a very clean, Vegan A's, if you will. Um, now that I know you can have egg white, that's what I wanted to know. So thank you very much. Great. All right. Well, good job, Patricia. I mean, you picked up this diet on your own, and you just decided this is healthy. I'm going to do it. And, you know, for those folks who don't have heart disease or any of the risk factors, some of the basic ideas of the diet, Dr. Lum, are fairly good ways to lower fat in your diet. And if you happen to be somebody lucky enough to not have any of those risks, you could maybe liberalize your version of it a little bit Mm -hmm. because you're not having to reverse a diagnosis of heart disease. So there are some options. Someone like Patricia who's been doing it for a while, she might be doing great. Yeah, she definitely is. So there there are different options. And what we try to teach people is there's a variety of foods out there for that they can enjoy. Now, what about folks who have things like diabetes? Can they follow this diet and do well with it? I mean, is this tailored towards changing the amount of carbohydrates and the sugar issues? Because, you know, you haven't yet told me about anything other than the fruits and the chocolatey, not really chocolatey pudding. So this could work well for someone with diabetes, right? It actually works very well for diabetes. And we've looked at it. So we've had we've had 10 classes come through. We've had five finished thus far. And with our first couple of groups, we actually had people who have diabetes, whether they're on insulin, short-acting insulin, or even oral medications, and decrease their need for their medicines. Uh, we have A1Cs drop down also. So there is a benefit to people with diabetes. Um, and with our two registered dietitians who help deliver the program, they will sit down and actually tailor the diet towards the diabetic patient. So making sure they're not eating, you know, uh, decreasing the amount of refined carbohydrates and stuff too. So they sit down and they have a one-on-one session with it so they can really tailor the diet that's going to be best for them to make sure that they're getting enough so that they don't drop their sugars too much, too fast, um, but making sure that they're having a healthy diet also. So you've been doing this. Are you hungry during the day? If you're hungry, what do you snack on? So it's actually, you know, you're hungry through the day, but one thing with Ornish food is that it's not calorically dense, but nutritionally dense. So we actually, you can eat abundantly. So, you know, there's I, my little lunch bag is actually kind of stocked with various snacks. I have, you know, fruits in there. I do have some vegetables cut up and I have my meals that I have set up already. So it's funny, all of us during our meetings, we were all kind of munching because we're, all, we were, we're a little hungry during our meetings, but everyone's snacking on healthy, Ornish-friendly foods. All right, that sounds good. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Kevin Lum. He is the medical director of the Ornish program at the Aikahi Health System down in Waterfront Plaza, which I got correct this time. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the exercise component and the group component because that support group environment is actually one of the other ways that this 
that has really become a cornerstone of the Ornish program and how important that is for some of the participants. If you've ever tried to follow this diet or, hey, if you found out that you were anyway without a diagnosis of heart disease like like Patricia, good for you. But you can always join us, share us your experience. You can give us a holler right here live in the studio at 941-3689. Toll-free Neighbor Islands 877-941-3689. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Connie Kapila Sunday is my favorite program because it allows you to discover so much Hawaiian music. There's such great Hawaiian music coming out, and to be able to find out about the artists, listen to the songs, listen to a variety of music, is one of the most satisfying ways to spend a Sunday afternoon. Member-supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. On New Letters on the Air, Antonia Nelson, the author of 11 books of short stories and novels, shares some of her insights about writing. If it's a good story, there probably was something that the writer has been invested in and fearful about and committed to. Antonia Nelson also reads from her fiction about flyover country on the next New Letters on the Air. Tuesday evening at 6.30, following Marketplace. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Nohea Gallery and Kaiser Permanente. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here with Dr. Kevin Lum. And today we are talking about the Ornish program. It's more than just a diet. He's at a Kahi Health System down in Waterfront Plaza. And we're talking a little bit about what does it mean to be a participant in the Ornish program. We have four cornerstones. We talked a bit about the nutrition. We heard from Patricia about how she interprets the nutrition. We've talked about stress management and how that takes an hour every day. And that's something any one of us could do. And good luck finding an hour. But it is possible. And particularly if you're, you know, you have heart disease and you got to reverse your heart disease and reverse your stress. This is this is a good way to do it. Let's talk briefly about the exercise. And then I really want to talk about the group environment part of it. Now, the exercise, you're going twice a week to this monitored setting. So you're getting, I presume, on treadmills or exercise bikes or you're you're doing physical activity. Is that right? Yeah. So it's led by an exercise physiologist. So our particular person has had uh, three years of cardiac rehab experience. So she's familiar working with people who have heart disease. And we asked the people to do um I believe it's five hours a week, uh, three to five hours a week of exercise at a moderate rate. So we go by what's called an exertional scale. So we actually to exert to, it's a perceived exertional scale. So we don't we're not putting people running marathons. We're not people running on the treadmills. It's really to an exert, a preserve rate of where you're moderately working yourself out. So, so each person could be different. Yeah. So each and each has an individual's treatment plan. So what we do in the first two sessions, it's kind of uh, see where you're at with your exercise, and then from there she tailors the program accordingly. So we could put you on a treadmill one day. We could put you on uh, elliptical the next day or exercise bike. And then halfway through the program, we introduced um, strength tra- training. So we use bands and we use weights. So it's not to get anybody huge and buff. It's really to get uh, to build up a little bit of muscle because that helps with metabolism. That helps with um, you're, you're using of your sugar and helps with your blood pressure and stuff like that too. So we not just do aerobic, we do anaerobic also. Excellent, because a lot of folks don't add the weights to their activity, but that really does help in the long run, mm-hmm. strengthen the body, et cetera. Okay, before we talk about group classes, I want to talk with Ayla from the Big Island. Ayla, welcome to The Body Show. 
Thank you. Hi, my name is Isla from the Isla. Island. You know, Isla, I'm going to get my handwriting better at some point. Obviously, okay. not yet. All right, Isla, tell me about uh, what can we do for you? Uh, I just wanted to share that about 10 years ago, I was in my mid-40s when I was diagnosed with a heart problem. I was having palpitations and racing heart. And when I was diagnosed, the cardiologist wanted to put me on medication. And I asked her, and she said that what I had could cause sudden death, so it seemed pretty important to take care of it. Um, I asked her for three months to do meditative practices, and after meditate, I increased my meditation to twice a day. I started practicing Qigong an hour a day. I cut back on the sweets. I cut out the bread. Uh, I just made healthier dietary choices, cooking my own foods. And I went back in three months, and it was 90% better. So, And I wow. haven't ever had it since. Um, oh, but I do stay on a pretty healthy eating. And uh, I don't do any ex- excessive exercise. I do walking. Um, but other than that, I think the, the qigong, the meditation, the intention of getting myself well, I think all those things and what you're talking about, it, it just all fits together. Well, you're right, Isla. I think a lot of times people underestimate the value of looking at it from a comprehensive approach. And how excellent that you really were able to, you know, you gave yourself a deadline. You're like, 90 days or else, Doc. I'll do whatever (laughs) you want. I've got 90 days. And how fabulous that you really were able to to make that happen. You know, the Ornish program is only nine weeks. That's not even three months. And so for those folks who really think, you know, hey, I've really got to get my act together because I've got a diagnosis or I've got a risk factor or, hey, in in less than 90 days, I want to fix this. This is one way to do it. And you did it on your own, Isla, but fantastic. Good work. Yeah, well, and it was with the support of the doctor and it was also um, with the intention of really changing my lifestyle. I also reduced what I knew were the stressors that were causing some of this. So I think it's, it's an overview of one's life. And rather than just taking a pill and hoping that's going to work, I would much prefer to take my life into my own hands um, and with some guidance do what's, uh, what's going to make me healthy. And I think what you guys are talking about is fabulous for the public to be hearing about. Well, and hearing your story also helps them as well. So thanks mm-hmm. for sharing that. I really appreciate hearing more about how, you know, you, you, you had the deadline. You created it yourself, and yet you met all of those criteria to help yourself. It's those firsthand stories that people often remember the most. And, you know, speaking of the guidance and the support, tell me a little bit, Dr. Lum, about about the group classes. Because, you know, it's funny, before the show started, I said, what do people fear the most? Is it the diet? Because I swear it would be the group classes. And you're like, no, no, no. The group classes people kind of get into. I'm surprised about that. You know, tell me a little bit more about what might happen during that hour of a group session. So I think the group session is led by, we have a group support specialist, and ours are two licensed clinical social workers who guide them through this support process um, session. And it's really, you stay with your group of people. So each time, each class, you stay with the same class, a group of 15 or less people, and you stay with them through the whole nine weeks. So really in the group support, and it's only the participants and the, the, the group support specialist, and no other people can come in another group. So it really cre- creates an intimate environment where you get to know one another and people can share 
as fully as they'd like to. And the main thing we do, we teach them how to talk about their feelings and also how to listen and really not pass judgment. We're not giving advice. It's really teaching people how to listen so people can express themselves as much as they want to. And we're there to, to listen, to support them as best we can. And we hear, and unfortunately, none of us who deliver the program are part of the group support, but, you know, you can hear the laughter. We can, they're coming out hugging each other. And the bonding that takes place takes place. You would think it would take maybe nine weeks for people to, to bond, but really after the second and third session, we see the bonding taking place where the connections are being made amongst the participants where, like I said, I mean, there's tears that are shed, there are, there's laughter, there's hugging, there's high-fiving when they come out of the room, and it really, this group support, we want them to carry over to what we would like to call the alumni. So this is the foundation for the alumni, and this helps keep people going. So after the nine weeks, we don't just necessarily say goodbye to the participants, we help them form what's called alumni groups, and they can meet as, as often as they want to. Uh, we get that first one started about two to four weeks after they graduate from our program. And with the alumni groups, it helps keep everybody accountable with how they're doing. So they have this group support that continues on uh, it, and for life. Uh, look at Dr. Ornish's first group back in the 80s. That group still meets to today. Um, those are still alive. This is what, almost 35-plus years later. Uh, those that are still alive still meet with one another because they form such a close bond, and the alumni groups, uh, still, it's still, they still meet. So, you know, you mentioned that you're not directly part of that, but there's two licensed social workers mm-hmm. that are. But when you were up in San Francisco, you were probably, you were in your own support group. So it was with other people training to do the Ornish program in their respective locations. Yeah, so we had our... keep in touch? So we had our group that went up, and we had, uh, I think there's two other people, three other people from a group in Texas. Um, so we did make the connections with them. And surprisingly, I think a couple of the ladies do keep in touch. There's, it's more so because they're the same um, element specialist. But our group that went up together, it brought our delivery group really close, uh, closer than I think and faster so that we can know how to work with each other better. And we understand sort of what's going on with each other so that we can understand how to help and support better people better, whether it's in the, the work environment or even outside the work environment too. So, like, they're not just talking about their feelings about food. No. no I no, mean, because no, no, no. there's a lot of feelings about food, and there's a yeah. lot of foods you're not eating. But, okay, so it's really about just in general your yes. emotional state of well-being. Yeah, and I think what happens in Hawaii, a lot of us, at least from the Asian culture, we hold everything close to our chest. And it becomes scary for you to go in there and talk about your feelings. But I think with the with the intimate environment, it's a safe environment that you create. People feel free to open up and really feel free to talk about their feelings and get in touch with one another. And I think that's probably one of the biggest benefits of what Ornish does is that it brings this component in that really no other programs have. So you look at some of the other dietary programs, they talk about the diet or they may have diet and exercise. But this all four needs to work together to really uh, bring success for the participant. And do you think, you know, part of the reason why the group component, that commitment to to another group of people greater than just yourself, do you think that's addressing some of the needs of why other programs don't work? I mean, you know, you hear about studies that are done that show that, you know, for example, senior citizens do better when they have a pet. I have cats. Well, I'm not a senior, but I will be someday. But I think they said dogs actually are better because you have to get out and walk them. And so, you know, there's a reason why pets have helped people to live longer. We also know that there are certain situations where people can have an exacerbation of heart problems, literally broken heart syndrome, because they have such emotional distress in their in their environment 
and or in their mind. And so they can actually cause a negative cardiac situation. Do you think this is part of what the Ornish program is touching on? Is this sort of unable to be measured idea that if you feel loved and cared for part of a committed group of people that you will in some way maybe increase your endorphins or decrease your stress hormones or, you know, decrease the amount of inflammation in your body, that this is one of those those non-measurable ways that we're we're recognizing and appreciating more as a way to help keep ourselves healthy? Uh, exactly. I think we like to call it love and support, although it's the group support name. We call it love and support. And it's a really a sense of belonging. And so when you have, especially when you can eliminate some loneliness for people. So you look at, especially elders who are lonely, they have a shorter lifespan. When you look at people who belong to groups, whether it be a church group or whether it be something, they belong to something, they're attached to that. There's that connection that with other people, they seem to do better. And even if you look at, so we do depression scores beginning and end. And, and with our program, we do see a significant de- uh, decrease of the depression score. So we do see this change in their affect. So when the people come in, not necessarily are they grumpy with a frown, but, you know, they come in with this, a set. And then by the time they're leaving, there's always a smile. There's this sense of appreciation. They are happy to be at our location. And they leave with a happy, this happy, the sense of happiness when they leave the program. So we do see the change over the nine weeks of their affect and such, too. Now, let's talk about some of the actual logistics. Mm-hmm. Who's got four hours twice a week to get out of their job to go do the program? Is it after hours? So we have multiple times we can deliver the program. We have morning hours from 8.30 to 12. We can deliver between 12.30 to 4.30. And we have an evening, which is the, the popular one with the sort of the working people. So it's the, from 4.30 to 8.30 or from 5 to 9. And we'll do a Sunday class also. So the most popular one we have is, gonna, is so far has been the Monday evening from 5 to 9. And we'll come in on Saturday morning from 8.30 to 12.30. So since it's twice a week, Monday night, Saturday morning, and so there's a way to work around anybody's schedule, Mm -hmm. whether they be off during the day, whether they be, you know, working, whether they have weekends as a preferred time. So there's a way to make it happen. It was also actually we've had uh, two companies who have actually allowed their employees to leave early so that they can make the class on time. So we can also reach out to employer groups to see how we can work with them, how they can work with their employees so that employees can get the benefits. So, I mean, a happier person, a healthier person is a better employee when you think about it, too. Okay. So now you mentioned the two insurers so far, mm-hmm. uh, not all of them, but hopefully more will come on board, are actually paying for the classes, Medicare, with certain eligibility criteria, HMSA, with even even looser eligibility criteria. Yeah. If somebody was listening and said, oh my God, I'm so excited. I am signing up. What are the, where, where do they sign? What do they do? So there's a couple of ways to go about that. We have, we're on all social media. So we're on Twitter, Facebook and such. And we also have our website at kahihealth.com. And it takes you to the Ornish site if you if you can navigate the site. Now you're going to spell that for me, right? So ikahi, E-K-A-H-I, health, H-E-A-L-T-H dot com. Well, I've got the health part <laughs> of it. Thank you. But okay, so there's a way to look it up. And then this is taking place at Waterfront a waterfront plaza, so it's downtown, so mm-hmm. any of the folks who are, you know, working professionals could take advantage of this. Yeah, central location for everybody to come right downtown. What about neighbor islands? Are they going to be able to eventually have access to something like this, branching out in the future, or maybe not to your knowledge? So we're starting off with this location right now, and th- I mean, the plans are to eventually place, uh, to take it out to the neighbor islands. Um, I mean, we see such a big benefit, and we'd like to roll it out to there, but it's going to be- take some time before we can get it out to the neighbor islands at this point. Sure. Okay. And even other places on Oahu. Yeah. 
sure, we've got Kapolei, that's a whole different location and, you know, traffic and all that sort of stuff. So although I have to tell you, I think this could alleviate some of the traffic problem. Enough people participate after hours. They wind up getting on the road later. This could help them. And, you know, if you were to think about if you ever had been diagnosed with heart disease or one of the risk factors, when you think about this program, do you think it would be something that if you were the patient, you would just sign up for immediately? I would. I mean, I would. And I know um, my parents are going to do it also. I mean, are they my, really? Yeah. My father has had heart disease, so he's going to be a participant coming up. And also my mother's going to do it also. So, I mean, I see the benefit. I mean, I live, we, we sort of live what's going on also, but I see it enough where my father and I want both of them to do it also. And they're, and they're on board. They're enthusiastic to start um, later on this month. Well, and the good news is that this coming holiday... You may not have to worry about cheating with oxtail soup. Yes, yes. Because your mom will make like tofu soup. Yes, we're all going to be on the diet. That's why. Okay. And is it a lifestyle thing? Do you think it's a forever thing? It is a lifestyle thing. We try to hope it's going to be a lifestyle. And we're trying to give them the tools to make it a lifestyle change. It's not just going to be nine weeks and everything will be fixed if you don't maintain the diet. Um, You know, things, things will come back and, you know. When we were up at Experiential, we met this gentleman who was one of uh, Dr. Ornish's initial courts, I believe, and he was he had such bad disease. But he was sort of knocking on the door when doctors told him, there's nothing else to do. This is your last resort. And he was able to maintain the diet and such for, I think it was like 30-plus years. And just before we had saw him this summer, he had had this major stressor in his life early part in, the, in the spring where things were kind of happening, and he fell off the diet. He fell off the program. And lo and behold, he, his heart disease came back where he ended up having bypass surgery. So up to that point, he was doing 30-plus years, and then he falls off, and he has to have bypass surgery. So now he, he, he's back on the diet. He's doing everything, and he's, his health is you know, where it's, it best it can be at this point. Well, and I think the key is, and we heard this earlier from, from our other caller, uh, the Michael that had called in, was that you know it's not necessarily that you're never going to have another episode again. It's that maybe you'll reduce the risk mm-hmm. of having another episode. Maybe you'll feel better during the years in which you're healthy Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to feel like, you know, you're burdened with a lot of pills or side effects, although not that pills are bad. I mean, you know, I'm a doc. I prescribe pills all the time. You work in the ER. You do the same. But, you know, if there's a way to do things all natural and feel committed to something like that, I think physically you probably feel better. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's not that this original participant failed by having bypass surgery. It's, wow, he put it off for 30 years. That's pretty darn amazing. You know, not everybody can say that. So this sounds like something that your whole family is going to take on, mm-hmm. you know, that you've really become committed to. And the exercise component, yes, it's it's a commitment, but, you know, we should all exercise more. And then when people go to your program, you mentioned that, like, hey, during the nutrition lecture, they actually, you, you bring in food, you get fed. That sounds like a fabulous plan. We feed you each time you come in. It's an opportunity for you to experience the diet. They, you know, we want to show you that there's more out there than just eating salads and stuff, too. So it's an opportunity to feed you and and it's really a, a, a second opportunity to actually to get to know your participants sit down and break bread with who you're who you're going through the program with so it's it's twofold absolutely it sort it gets everybody together but it also allows them to uh you know to eat with one another and find out that the food does not always just taste like the bottom of your shoe and there's probably a lot more opportunities yes. and different types of recipes and things that you learn about that mm-hmm. if you're doing it like your parents might both together, you know, they'll be able to bring some of that experience home, share some of the cooking ideas, all those sorts of things. And part of what we do also is that during this dietary portion, when we do serve the meal, we do ask the participants to invite. So a lot of times, 
if they're not the primary person making food. So if it's like grandpa who's not the cooker in the house, we do allow the the, the spouse or even the children who are maybe pro- uh, providing the food for their their loved one to come in, so they can understand the diet and they can they can see what's going on, and hopefully from there they can also take that education and pass it on to their children and whoever it might be else in the household. So it, it, we're hoping to touch more than just one person. Fabulous. All right. Well, I want to thank you for sharing your expertise with us today. If you'd like to hear more about it, you can click on our Facebook page, head to hawaiipublicradio.org, or look up Ikahi Health System. Our engineer is David Chong, our executive producer, Beth Ann Kozlovich. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you this whole month of February with Cardiac Talks. We're going to learn all about the heart. We'll see you next week.